Rachel Fisher and I'm interior designer Abigail Hall and we have a particularly special episode for you this month where we're recording at the building centre in Bloomsbury. Definitely one of my favourite places it's on uh, Store Street just off of Tottenham Court Road and it is a real kind of hub for architecture design construction products. Um, I've been coming here for over 20 years and I, I just love it but um, we're here for a really special reason which is that as trailed we are doing a design consultation this month um, so slight change to our regularly scheduled programming but we're talking to a friend of mine Haley Kruger as she goes through the process of designing her new kitchen and as part of that we're visiting the new IKEA design center which is on Tottenham Court Road so we thought that while Haley is having her professional consultation we'll come and talk about the completely also professional consultation we've just done in her kitchen. <laughs> now you wouldn't think radio or podcasts is the ideal way to show a design consultation given that it is a visual medium so when Rachel and I approached this we thought what is the best way of letting this be something that benefits Hayley as she's going through the process of redoing her kitchen but also benefits our listeners who are interested in knowing how they qualify is a design solution right for me. Um, Rachel and I this morning have talked quite a lot about how the motivation of a salesperson of a product, be it a kitchen, a bathroom, a sofa, wallpaper, mostly have their interests and their profit in mind rather than your needs. So how is it we go about working out what our needs are, what our wants are, and this is what we've been doing this morning. And also coming out of it feeling really empowered to make design decisions because whenever you're going through um, a design and build process, you will have last minute decisions that need to be made because you can't perfectly kind of presuppose everything. So what are the kind of basic principles and what are the needs to's and the nice to's that you have firmly in your mind? So you can say, no, actually, I don't want to do that. I need to do this. And so it makes you more empowered to make decisions later on down the line. Agree completely. Um, because there's always someone who's right at their final hour has got a brilliant idea. What if we just yes. put the entire kitchen on the other side of the room? Yes. And if we could just cantilever everything out over the garden, wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> Who are these people? They're not allowed in Who the Who are world. these people? Um, so we had an objective when we set out and we started working with Hayley this morning. And the objective was for Hayley and likewise for you, the listeners, to be able to know your behaviours, your habits and your methods, and what I mean by methods is the way that you exist, the way that you work in your own home, in order to know if a design solution is right for you. And what we're going to do this month, there's a load of questions that I asked Hayley and I'm going to we're going to put them up in the show notes, but we're also going to see if we can do it as a special blog page with a downloadable crib sheet that you yourself can take, can use, um, can ask yourself these questions. Um, and the method is, therefore, these questions, these answers, and you end up with a list, a list of what you need to have and a list of what is nice to have. And if you have those two things, then you're always going to get what you both need and what would be lovely and would be the, the little cherry on top of the cake. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, so for me, in my kitchen design, I needed to have a hob in, on which to make foods. It would have been nice if I could have worked out a way to have a wine fridge. I did not manage to do that. Because it was a nice to, not a need to, Absolutely. Rachel. 
Whereas I have a wine fridge and it was a need to. It was non-negotiable. And I still say it's bigger than your actual fridge. It is. And I had the kitchen company <laughs> who I've worked with who, it was a mistake, I, I chose to We've work with We've talked about them. this in the past. We have, because of... Um, on bad design. On bad design. I was offered um, interest-free credit and I'm afraid my head was turned. Late in the process, um, some kitchen designers came to me and tried to persuade me to change the design of my kitchen because of an error that they'd made with one of the products they'd sold me, not being fit for purpose. And because I had my need to and my nice to, I was unflinching, unmovable in the design. And another person could be very easily persuaded, oh, just change this, duh, duh, duh. it still fits. No. But it doesn't fill my needs. And this is the point. You are also empowered to feel that your needs are worthy of being fulfilled. That this is the, this is the thing that you need to have. And that is completely legitimate. Some people would be bowled over by the kind of, oh, but if we just, no. And this is, we've, we've spent a lot of time this morning talking with Haley about this, and Rachel and I have talked about it previously, and I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast. These people who are trying to sell you a product or a service do not live in your home. You live in your home. So if they persuade you to have something that you don't want, they don't live with the consequence of that. You do. So that's why knowing your needs is so important. And we've, some of the questions that we've talked about are really, really basic. What do you have? How do you use it? How frequently do you use it? And we have this real process of what do we use daily? What do we use weekly? <laughs> My apologies, as we're in the building centre, there's Building works is happening. <laughs> um, I'm sure you won't mind that. Um, so this, this knowing thyself, knowing how you actually use something, it's a really important question. And we've been talking a lot about kitchens on this podcast, but I really, in this particular episode, but I really want to say this can work for anything. Also, it occurs to me, as I've been talking to my friends who dutifully listen to our podcast, we talk about kitchens and things that go in kitchens, brackets, spoons, a lot. And it's because I think that's where you live your life. I agree. I agree. And also, do you recall the episode where we did hibernation and we talked about the mm. bedroom? And we both agreed a bedroom is such a personal space. I think there's some reluctance to share how you use your bedroom, as if that's a, that's a level of personal intimacy that perhaps you don't need to tell someone that you kick your pants off and they just lie by the side of your bed, because that's not what... You, Which what, is a legitimate life choice. I, it's how I live. You may only clean them up once a week when your cleaner, cleaner comes, for example. However, our kitchen is very visible and very exposed, Absolutely. and it's something that we can chat about. And I hope with no shame. I hope there's never any shame about how you live in your house. Absolutely. Because, again, it's your house. This is your life. But I think when you start talking about a kitchen and you say, I, re I actually really struggle, I have too much stuff on my work surface, I, I find I'm, I'm not cleaning it, the corners get a bit dirty and dusty. And the thing is that that means that we can design something which will overcome those particular challenges and hopefully the design process and I keep coming back to this phrase but the design process has to be an empowering one that enables you to live the life that you want to live not the life that you think you should be living this is everything Rachel I just want to distill that down I want to give you a big kiss I feel so <laughs> positive about that we'll, message we'll just take a small break <laughs> welcome back <laughs> <laughs> Alas, my attempt at stocking was um, curtailed somewhat. <laughs> Never. Um, empowerment is everything. We don't live in a world anymore where there are three choices and you have one of the three things. No. There's any solution you want. You want to have a carpenter make your kitchen, your furniture, you want to have cast concrete work surfaces, you want to have 
special stone flown in from Italy. You can do anything. But in you a want. world which is that, I mean, so I just think there's a huge level of, of being overwhelmed by all of that choice. And I certainly found that when we were doing, well, when I've done the various things we've done to our house. But I, and, and actually professionally, when I look at kind of city design and all this kind of stuff, I just sort of think, oh my God, all of the things are possible. How do you start to distill it down and narrow it down to what you actually need to do? What are the kind of principles and platforms that you need to have in place to be able to build a better design solution around that? And that's what these questions do. And these questions don't suppose the size of the space that you're existing in. What they do is they talk about how, what your behaviours are, what your habits are, what your methods are, and then the design solution fits within the space that you have. And importantly, your budget, because that was the other thing we didn't even talk about this morning as yet with Haley. We haven't even talked about the budget. But we don't need to. Because the design solution will be able to... That there are points... Good design does not cost more in products. It no. costs more in time. Yes. It costs more in thought. That's what costs more in terms of good design. Yeah, so an actual cash cost is negligible. It's the investment of time and the thinking. Yeah. I agree with you completely in that respect. Hello and welcome back to Everyday Design. As you can tell from the background noise, we are now in a... High Street Cafe Eatery and High Street Eatery of a Eastern persuasion. You know, it's Itsu. I think we can just say that. Well, we're at Itsu. Yeah. We love Itsu. Um, eat beautiful. It's like good design they for have, your tummy. They have orchids. They have. I love that. Are they real? Yeah, they are. I was looking at that. Ah. I think they are real, right, Hayley? I'm no expert on orchids, but they feel real. Well, I probably shouldn't have touched them. Nah, it's all right. If they're not meant to be touched, they should be behind a glass case. Exactly so. These are my views. Hayley, thank you for being our uh, design consultation guinea pig. Yes, yes, that's what I've done today. (laughs) And we started out earlier today at your flat, and we actually had a lovely chat and a croissant, and uh, we shot the breeze about various different things. And what was your takeaway at the end of that process before we went to Ikea and had the consultation? I suppose my takeaway was it definitely cemented ideas I'd already had which was great because there were some things I thought were very important and I'm pleased to say they continue to be very important. Good, the need to's instead of the nice to's. Exactly and um, and also threw up a few things I hadn't considered as well. Can you think of anything, any examples along that line? I suppose I hadn't actually questioned the bin. We're probably going to come back to the bin during this. <laughs> bin. But Literally, I have an entire episode I want to do dedicated to waste and the storage thereof. That's, that's not a lie. That's, that's like genuinely, like yeah. in two months' time, eagle-eared listeners will be hearing about how much I care about bins. Yes, there is, so much. There is no floor space in the kitchen of the future for a floor-standing bin. So therefore, that has become a feature. Fantastic. So you came away from our little chat this morning, as you say, with cemented ideas. Um, cemented, you thought about it previously, but you felt sure of it. And you went into the IKEA consultation, therefore, with these ideas. And how did IKEA respond to your ideas? They responded well. They, they created the kitchen that I probably had in my head. I don't think I made it too hard for them at the end of the day because I did have quite a lot of ideas. I knew exactly which kitchen type I wanted. I, I knew what appliances I wanted in it. I've already got a bit of a look in my head. Um, so, so it wasn't like that was brain surgery for them. But then when I mentioned I wanted this breakfast nook area, uh, they were able to build me my breakfast nook area, which is brilliant. And the nice thing was, unlike other purveyors of kitchens who shall remain nameless 
Um, they, there was no pressure sell, which was absolutely amazing. Because that is amazing. Yeah, I'm not quite in the position to start buying a kitchen now. I mean, that's why I'm is? planning. I mean, and who is? Like, that's the point. You have to go through a huge number of iterations of planning to kind of think through. And, and the only way that you know how much your budget is going to be is by testing it out over and over again and kind of work and kind of testing against those boundaries. And the reason you had such strong and firm ideas, which is why IKEA made it look easy, I think a combination because they were good and because you knew what you were looking for, is you've gone through the process. You've been thinking and talking to the right people about this. Sadly, some, you've been talking to the pressure sales people, but you've also been talking to the likes of Rachel and myself and getting their advice. And, and basically all other friends. You know, so that's the other thing, just talking these things through, I think is really helpful in terms of working out what you think about you know, well, would I would I use a, would I use a breakfast nook, or do I actually want to move a kitchen table? You know, those kinds of questions. And none of this is rocket science, is it? None mm. of this requires you to have a bachelor's degree in something to be able to work it out. You know how you live in your house, so it's feeling at the moment like IKEA has actually come up with a good and sound solution for you that yes. works functionally and aesthetically. Yes, I mean the nice thing was I also felt like. There, there was very little umming and ahhing over things. You know, when I suddenly decided to myself that actually a built-in microwave would be good, but then started looking thoughtfully, going, where on earth would they put it? They just plop one in, Brilliant. and it looks great where it is. There was, you know, there was no questions about, oh, but you sure you don't want that? Or would, you know, there was just absolute acceptance that I wanted something, and they'd find a solution to it. I was encouraged by the fact that every now and then people from the shop would come over and ask the lady I was working with stuff rather suggesting that she was the person in the shop. <laughs> you were dealing with the expert Yeah, so I was there, definitely dealing with the best person in the place. Excellent. And so what are your next actions from here? Do you want to take more time? Do you feel like you need to test the design further? I definitely want to take more time. There's aspects of it. I, you know, I still haven't decided what to do about whether I go gas, whether I go induction. Um, I have the bold and dangerous move of not having a draining board in this kitchen and, and this is challenging my concept of a kitchen beyond measure right now <laughs> so I need to think long and hard about whether or not a draining board returns um, I mean these, these, are, these are wonderful problems to have but yes. they are minor in the scheme of yes. things this is fantastic well I mean this is all part of a much bigger project unfortunately as you're probably aware it's a there's the possibility of moving a wall, there's a possibility of removing a door, there's a whole bathroom that we haven't even got started on yet. Um, so there is a huge amount of just getting lots and lots and lots and lots of ducks in some sort of conceivable row before I can even start the fun job of buying things. But now that you've, now that you've got this element almost there, let's say 90% there, and you have a methodology of defining what are your need to's and your nice to's do you feel more confident about the other elements that you're going into the bathroom the small amount of structural work there is to make the space right for you i'm still terrified by the, the <laughs> idea of such Good, huge, you wouldn't be human with us yeah such such huge changes i should clarify in case my freeholder is is, is listening they are not structural they're changes. non-structural it's all party walls and rubbish ones at that um but um but yes, I, it's certainly one element that I feel like now maybe I've got one thing right. And then if I can get the bathroom right, and then that will encourage me to then really go for it. That is Excellent. absolutely fantastic. Thank you for being our guinea pig. 
It was a pleasure. I'm so excited. Can we come round and have dinner in the amazing new kitchen? In the amazing kitchen, which may have a table seating up to six people. <gasps> and a dishwasher that means no longer will I be washing up everyone's things after the party when I want to sit in front of the TV. Oh, how fabulous. Well, that is living the dream. That Let's is. be honest. Yeah. It's everyday design. It is. So I hope you've enjoyed this month's special edition of The Design Consultation. Abby, what would you like to leave listeners with? Oh, gosh. We've, we've been through so much today. <laughs> it's been emotional. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster. No one cried. That's my take-home win. <laughs> um, the key point is we've been talking over and over about kitchens. This process of answering questions making decisions which empowers you if this design works for you. This works whether you're trying to work out why the hell you've got too many shampoo and conditioner bottles sitting in your shower on, and why the space just isn't neat for you, why your sofa isn't quite right, why you've got that junk room in your house with a load of stuff that you just can't seem to find a home for, or whether you're designing a kitchen. This is about empowering you to make great design decisions that you get to then live with and which makes you happy. And, and that's everything. That's, I mean, that's everything that we've been trying to do um, I, with, with this podcast. And I think like from a macro urban design principles, I mean, it, it, it's exactly the same. The design process is the design process. Thinking through what are the right choices? How do, we, how do people actually live their lives? The thing that I'm the most passionate about in urban design is that we're not talking about building cities for cars to live in. We're talking about building cities for people, people. to live in. Sometimes people will use cars. Yes. Maybe the cars will fly. But that doesn't actually change the fact that, human be- that this is a human habitat and this is where we are living. Yes, and humans have these behaviours that they, if they ask the right questions, we know what they are. And we can determine what we, we need, what we really need. And then the, what would be lovely. And that, exactly. And the what would be lovely sometimes, particularly in an urban design context, the what would be lovely is the thing that you actually need. Yes. So I'm thinking here about green space. I'm thinking here about public space. And that's why we challenge it. It's not a nice to. It is a need to. Absolutely. Because it impacts so much on your happiness. And happiness is everything. Therefore, it's a need to. Exactly. My gosh, if they could just put us in charge of everything, Rachel. Indeed. Who what? do we need to talk to about I'm that? Sure, I'm sure we could call someone. I feel like we know someone. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to say before we, before we close out, um, two things. One, next month I will be going to the States. I will be going not quite home, but I'll be going to Chicago for a week. I'll be staying in a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Oh my gosh, photos. All the photos. All the photos. All of the Twitters, all of the Instagrams, which means you should be following us on Twitter and Instagram at EDD Podcast for both. Um, if you want more information on any of this stuff, please do visit our website, www.eddpodcast.com, making it simple. And thank you so much to the people who've been leaving um, what I have to say is five-star reviews. <laughs> you, um, you followed instructions very well. Thank, thank you. you. I mean, my drafting could have, could have been better. But anyway, thank you to those of you who've left five-star reviews on um, Apple Podcasts and other podcast uh formats it does really really help drive traffic so thank you to those of you who have and um if you haven't and you feel so moved do drop us a review um and a funny little story uh one of my best friends from austin um having listened to the last episode in which i referred to the arts and crafts uh exhibition in austin sent me a text which is also called everyday design uh, which is also called everyday design sent me a text saying um 
so you should just fly over for the weekend and we could, we could sort this out. We will we have margaritas. A, we live in a world where we can do that, right, Rachel? I we just fly, fly to Austin for the weekend. Um, and it was funny because she was talking about how um, she had this dream that I came to her house and it happened to be both, both my good and my bad design for the month. <laughs> and I think that's the funny thing. Design is only good if it works for you. If, it, if design works for you, it's never bad. It's your home. You live in it. That's it. That's everything. And that is everyday design. Indeed it is. Thank you.